Since Easter, we've been, tra- we've been going through the Scriptures. We've been going through our first readings in the Acts of the Apostles. And it makes sense because from Easter, from the empty tomb, the faith spread to the rest of the world, right? This message of salvation that was seen at the empty tomb, the disciples then brought it out and went all around the world and spread the message. So the Acts of the Apostles is the early account of those words of the, of the mystery of faith going out. It's how the disciples kind of brought this message out to the rest of the world. It's how they lived. It's how they witnessed. It's how they shared their faith with everyone around them. Well, today, when we hit our, the Acts of the Apostles, we hit one of, the, one of the key players in that book. We hear about Saul. Saul, who was a murderer, Saul, who was a persecutor, Saul, who was notorious for hating Christians. And today we hear, about his, we hear the end of his process of trying to become from a persecutor to now an advocate of Christianity. Someone who's going to share and going to spread the gospel more effective than most of the rest of the world. Now I think if we, if, if we think about it, if we've heard the story of St. Paul before, it might be kind of a... A shock, or it might be, we, we, we could kind of sit back and just say, oh yeah, I know this story, and kind of go on autopilot for a moment. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask us all for, one, for, for today, just to let's listen to this image, let's listen to this story anew. Because St. Paul had a history. St. Paul had a very, very I- intense background. The first time we hear about him in Scripture is whenever, whenever St. Stephen is being martyred. One of, the early, one of the early followers of Christ, one of the, one of the early deacons of our church, St. Stephen is martyred. And, the, and the, the soldiers that are following Paul, they're, they're following their commander who is Paul, who is Saul. And they're going to stone Stephen. The first time we hear about Paul in the Scripture, the first time we hear his name spoken, we hear him referenced to, he's in charge of making sure that the first martyr of the faith dies. Paul wasn't, he, he wasn't meant to just be a, uh, he, he wasn't seen as just a guy who didn't like Christianity. And we use the word persecute. What was happening was, is he was hunting down anybody who followed and, and preached the name of Jesus, dragged them into the street, and killed them publicly. They were going to intimidate their way. They were going to intimidate Christianity out of existence. Either don't follow Him, don't don't worship Him, don't say His name, Jesus, don't do that, or you're next. This is who Paul was. And he was known as Saul the persecutor. Saul, the notor- he was notorious for trying to kill Christians and intimidating them out of existence. So today, when we pick up Acts 9, we're on the backside of whenever he had his conversion. Now you may have known the story. But Paul is on his way, Saul is on his way to Damascus. He's not going to to Damascus for a party. He's not going to Damascus because he got a friend's invite. He's going to Damascus because there's a group of Christians there and he's going hunting. And on his way, the heavens open up, the 
A voice hits him. He's knocked down. His eyes are struck blind. And he hears a voice from heaven say, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That God is saying, why do you persecute me? Not my people, not my church, not my followers, but why are you persecuting me? He associate, God associates Himself with His people. Why do you persecute me? Paul is thrown into hiding. He's blind. He's been knocked out of his post. What he's built his life on, he can no longer do because he can't see. And he's put in a hiding. Now, at this point, I think it's, it, it's, a, decent, it's a decent background for us to kind of understand what kind of conversion we're talking about, right? Like Paul is going from the one who was trying to, to stamp out the movement of the church, and now he's a hopeless situation. He went from being strong to weak. Very weak. Utterly hopeless. I think you and I, when we look around our world, when we look around our families, we may not have to look very far to find someone that we might call a hopeless situation. When we look at the world, watch the news for five minutes and all of a sudden you think, man, the rest of our world is kind of a hopeless situation. Might be a family member or a friend that, that you know what, they, they, they're doing it again. They're, they're kind of hopeless. Might be a, it might be a parent. It might be a sister or a brother. It might be an uncle or a, a nephew. It might be a son or a daughter. Whatever it is, it might be your spouse. But we, a lot of times we can find ourselves pointing at someone and saying, well, that's kind of a hopeless situation. I wish God could reach them where they are. This is where the story, I think, becomes personal to us. Because Paul finds himself in an absolutely and utterly hopeless situation. Paul finds himself destitute, weak, blind. And while that's going on, God has a plan for him. That plan takes place because another man answers God's call. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, we hear about this man named Ananias. Now, we don't hear much about Ananias. We just know that he was a believer. He was a follower of God. He was, a, he was an early Christian and that he prayed, at least this day. Because Ananias is in prayer and what happens is as God appears to Ananias, he speaks to Ananias and he tells Ananias, I want you to go to Paul. I want you to go to Saul. I want you to go to the one who was the persecutor of the faith and share my message with him. Just like we hear in our first reading today, when Paul shows up and wants to join the ranks of the Christians, Peter, James, John, the leaders, the, the, the early disciples, they're looking at him and saying, I don't know about this. I don't know about this guy. We know his reputation. We know his background. They're hesitant to bring him in. Ananias, I would imagine, is hesitant to go and to meet Paul. If, like, if, if, if I was him, I'm not going to lie. I don't know about you, but if I was him, God is calling me to go to a murderer. God is, going, God is calling me to go speak to someone 
who tried to stamp out my faith. God is calling me to go to someone who might very well kill me. I don't know if I would do it. It takes us to be. It takes a moment of vulnerability. It takes a moment of kind of recklessness to go and to find the one who's lost, the hopeless cause. What does Ananias do? He goes to him. Paul receives his sight back. He converts his life, and Paul goes from being the persecutor, the notorious persecutor of the faith, the one who was going to eliminate all of Christianity from the face of the earth. He goes from that to writing the New Testament, half of the New Testament. He goes from that to establishing church after church. He goes from that to being the apostle to the Gentiles. And very well, possibly, you and I are sitting in this church today because of the activity of Paul. But that is absolutely impossible if not for Ananias. Now, Father, that's all great, that's all wonderful, but what does it have to do with me? Is God calling you to be Ananias to one of those hopeless causes? Like, if if we really put ourselves in the position of Ananias, is God putting on your heart today? Has God been putting on your heart this week, or this last month, or this last couple of years? Is God in some way working in you, inviting you to speak and to pray with to, uh, about talking to or, or witnessing to or sharing your face, faith with one of those hopeless causes. Ananias had every reason not to. I don't want it to be uncomfortable. I, 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 I wanna, I, I'm afraid. He had every reason not to go to Paul. But our gospel tells us today that, it, 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 honestly, one of the reasons why he, could, he, he might have thought about it was, you know what, it, it ain't going to do anything anyway. Like, one, one of the reasons why he might have thought, you know what, I'm not going to do this, is because if I go talk to him, guess what? He, at, the, at, the best I get out, at the best I get out alive and he ignores me. But our gospel tells us today That when we are rooted in the Lord, that it's His action that takes place. See, Ananias was rooted in his his relationship with God. God speaks to him in prayer. That means he showed up to prayer. But God speaks to him in prayer and sends him out. It's not Ananias' words. It's not his works. It's God sending him and bearing his fruit. Pressure's not on us. The pressure's on the Lord. So how is it that we're called to live? We're called to live in relationship with God because apart from Him, as we heard in our Gospel, we can do nothing. We are are called to live in relationship with God and to bear His fruit, to go to His people, no matter how hopeless we might think the cause or the person is. Who in your life Is God asking you to speak with? To share your faith with? It might be be someone who's easy to talk to. It might be a church friend. It might be a friend like like someone who's always open and always welcoming. 
That's great. And at the same time, it might be a kid who's got an attitude. <laughs> it might be a relative who doesn't seem to, we just don't, we don't, we don't connect very well. But if we trust that God wants to bear fruit, God wants to speak to all of His children, God wants to be in relationship even with the hopeless cause, then we may have a part to play in that. Without Ananias, Paul never goes on mission. He never goes to spread the faith. Without, the, without Ananias being docile to what the Holy Spirit's doing in his life, without Ananias being the one who goes to share with Paul, Paul never moves. Paul stays in a hopeless space. Paul stays in, in blind and imprisoned and by himself. Ananias is the catalyst to Paul's mission. You see, the Acts of the Apostles, the reason why I, like, I love this book as much as I do is because the story, while it is, it, it, it talks about what was actually going on, it doesn't stop. That the same way that the early disciples, the same way that Paul and Barnabas, the same way that James and John and Peter and all of these early disciples, the same way that they went out and shared the faith, the same way that Ananias was bold and went to, to, was vulnerable and went to someone who was hopeless, the same way that the church has spread for generations and generations, 2,000 years, it continues to operate the same way. It, it continues to work exactly the same way. That we need the faithful, the ones who are full of faith, the ones who follow the Lord, the ones who know Him and pray with Him and listen to Him, that it's our call now to go out. It's our call to be the evangelist. It's our call to share the faith, no matter how easy or how hard the message is. Our world needs it. I think we can all agree on that. God's calling each one of us to share the faith as well. Just like He did Ananias, just like He did St. Paul. He calls every one of us to go out and to witness and to share. Last words of today's Mass. Go and proclaim the Gospel of the Lord. God's calling you the same way He's calling me. He invites all of us to continue to share His message with everyone. May we be rooted in, the, in, the, in, in, in our relationship with God. May we continue to listen to God's promptings, to, know, to, to recognize His voice, and when He invites us to share with someone, that we do it. I think a lot of us, we might not know, we might, think, might be thinking, Hello, Father, that's nice, but I, I, don't, I, I never heard God, God do that to me. I'd be willing to bet you have. Because at some point, someone's come to you with a problem. Someone's come to you and they're hurt. Someone's come to you after losing a loved one. Something along those lines. And there's something in us that tells us, Share. Share your faith. Ask Him to pray. Oftentimes we'll ignore it. God doesn't want us to ignore it. So how is it, and who is it, that He's calling you to share your faith with? The same way that Paul was a hopeless cause. 
but Ananias went to him. God is calling you and I to go to everyone, the wonderful and the hopeless, and to share our faith as well.